0: Well, what are you thankful for? Probably a lot of things, I hope. Let me. Uh, I, I heard a story about a guy, a, an elderly man who lived in Phoenix. He uh, phoned his son one day and he said, Son, you know, I, I don't want to uh, ruin your day for you, but um, th- there's just some news i got to tell you. Your mother and I are getting a divorce after 45 years of misery. I've had all I can stand. That's it. It's over. We're done. And he hung up the phone. Well, the, or actually, I'm sorry, before I hung up the phone, he said to him, Son, you call your sister and tell her. So then he hung up the phone. So the the brother, the son picked up the phone, called his sister and said, Dad just called me. He said, Mom and Dad are getting a divorce after all these years. And she said, No, they're not. I'll take care of this. Hung up the phone, called her dad. And she said, Dad, you are not getting a divorce. I don't care what you think. Don't you do a thing. I'm going to call my brother back. Tomorrow we'll be on a plane and we'll be there to see you. Don't you do anything till we get there. Dad hung up the phone and said to his mom to his wife, uh, "Honey, kids will be home for Thanksgiving, and they're paying for their own flights. <laughs> so uh empty nesters, don't try that, okay, yeah Well, I don't know where you plan to spend Thanksgiving, maybe you are traveling to be with family or maybe family are coming to see you, or maybe it's just a quiet day that you're going to spend with some close friends and uh It's a good day and a good time for us to be thankful. Well, I want to look at a story from the Bible, a story in Jesus' life, that reminds us of the value of being thankful. And I think it has some good lessons uh, to look at. I just want to look very briefly at this story. Luke chapter 11, if you brought your Bible, I encourage you to open it up there. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then the book of John. We're in chapter 11. It's just a really short story, and I'm not going to even comment on it much. I just want to read it to you and then make some applications uh, from this story. So here's what happens. Uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now, on His way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As He was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met Him. They stood at a distance, and of course they stood at a distance because their disease was very contagious, and so they they wouldn't approach people as a common custom. And they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Well, when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, notice that, and as they went, they were cleansed. As they demonstrated their obedience and their faith in what Jesus has said, they were cleansed. Verse 15, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now here's the question of the day. Maybe it's the question of the week. And really, maybe it's a question for our lives. Am I one of the nine... Or am I the one who returned to say thanks? See what, I've never met anyone that doesn't want to be the one who returns to say thanks. Everyone I know desires to be the one. But I think the truth is, there are times maybe for all of us that we have more of a tendency to find ourselves among the nine than we are the one. In fact, uh, the Bible says this in Philippians, the book we just finished studying. Or in uh, chapter 4, or I'm sorry, in, Paul writes this in 2 Timothy. Uh, he says this, kind of talking about the tendency that people would have. And he says, people will be lovers of themselves. See if you find yourself in any of these things. They will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. And then notice the next one ungrateful. Now, we can almost tend just to read right over that one, couldn't we? And go right on because we see a lot of those other ones that really jump out at us. But Paul says, there will be this tendency in all of us as people that there will be times that we are ungrateful. Now, why is it that we often find ourselves among the nine rather than being the one who returns to say thanks? Why is it that we often, it seems, have this tendency... Even though we want to be thankful, to not do very well at expressing our thanks or maybe even being very thankful. Let me point out a few reasons I thought of this week. I think one of the reasons that we tend to find ourselves among the nine is our affluence. We are very affluent compared to much of the world. I mean, think about it. We travel in airplanes a lot of times. We drive nice cars. We live in air-conditioned houses. We eat out in nice restaurants. Um, we uh, we hate probably our cupboards and our refrigerators almost always have some food in them. On Thursday, most of us, if not all of us, will take part in a meal that for the rest of the world, they couldn't dream of having that kind of meal. We are very affluent. Uh, Charles Barkley, who was a former NBA player, uh, his mom one day was chastising him. This was several years ago uh, back when the George Bush was running for president. His mom chastised him for voting for George Bush. She said, don't you know he's a rich person's president? And Charles Barkley said to her, Mom, we are the rich people. There's some truth in that. You realize we, compared to the rest of the world, are the rich people? And you would think that all of the blessings, which are fine, there's nothing wrong with all the things that we've been blessed with. But wouldn't you think that given all of the blessings that we have, that we'd be the most grateful people on the earth. But I think often our affluence seems to make us not as thankful. We sort of take those things for granted. Here's a second reason I think sometimes we struggle with being thankful. It's our pride. Yeah, we tend to look around at all of these incredible blessings that we have been given and we tend to think, look what I've accomplished. This is all what I've done. Uh, you know, we say things like, well, I work really hard. I, I studied hard to get those good grades. I, I earned that award. And while there may be some truth in those statements, they also sort of breed a kind of thinking that says, I, I'm pretty full of pride. They breed an attitude of self-reliance. Alec Haley, who is the author of the book Roots and has written some other things, has a picture hanging in his office. It, it looks like this. That's uh, a, a turtle on a uh, fence post. There we go. And uh, people, when they come into the office, ask him sometimes, why do you have that, that picture up? And he said, well, because there are times that I feel pretty good about myself. I look around at the things I think I've accomplished, and whenever I'm tempted to think, look what I've done, I'm reminded that that turtle had to get there somehow. And you know what we need to be reminded when we have that idea of pride and look what I've done? Maybe maybe we need to you got to get this picture online. Maybe you ought to print this out this week. Put it somewhere where you would be reminded. that you know what I ought to be thankful because I God is part of the reason that I am where I am and his blessings are his from him and not because of what I've done or I've accomplished. Another reason closely related to that that we often find ourselves among the nine is simply out of habit. We begin to take things for granted that are around us. Emerson said If the stars only came out once a year, we'd all stay up all night just to look at them. But because they're there every night, we hardly notice them anymore. And all the blessings that we have been given, they're there all the time and we just begin to take them for granted. We don't bother to really notice anymore. And so really almost just out of habit at times, we fail to be thankful And then one other reason that I think that often we find ourselves among the nine more than the one is simply life circumstances. I I was having a conversation this week with somebody, I don't remember even who it was, and we were talking about some of the tough times that people are experiencing. And I was saying, you know, these tough times have caused people not to have any margin in their lives emotionally, They're just spent a lot of the time because of everything that they're dealing with. And so as life presses in against them, there's no emotional margin left for that they have left to really deal with these things. And so it seems to affect so many other parts of our lives because we're dealing with these struggles. And you know what? I know when life's circumstances are pressing in against us and there isn't much margin in our lives, it's difficult to feel thankful. A Jewish rabbi had a guy come to see him one day and the the guy many, many years ago came and said, uh, Rabbi, I'm living in this really difficult circumstances. There are nine of us living in this one room. I can't stand it. Uh, what do I do? How do I get out of this? The rabbi said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and get your goat and bring it into that room with you. And I want you to let the goat stay there with you all week and then come back and see me. Well, it was a miserable week. You know, the goat smells and uh, just it was nasty having the goat in the house all the time. And so after a week, he goes back to the rabbi And he says, I can't stand it. The goat's driving us crazy. The rabbi says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the goat out of the room and then come back and see me in a week. Well, they took the goat out of the room in a week. He went back to see him. The rabbi said, now how are things? And the man said, everything's great. We love living together. The goat isn't there anymore. It's wonderful. We're just really enjoying life without the goat. And the rabbi said, exactly. And sometimes we're so focused on the goat in the room with us that we can't see that God is still doing good things in our lives all around us. And maybe we need to get the goat out of the room and gain a fresh perspective about life's circumstances and be reminded that even when life is pressing in against me, there are still things to be thankful for. Now, why is it that God places such a high value on having a thankful heart? Well there are a couple verses I think that give us some insight about the value that God sees in this. Philippians 4 6 says this Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then he says this, and thank Him for what He has done. All of us have things that God has done in our lives. Paul says, Thank him for those things. He says this then in 1 Thessalonians Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Why does God place such a value on having a thankful heart? Because God knows that it helps us to keep life in perspective. It helps us to keep God in the right perspective. The word, the Hebrew word for gratitude is the same word or close to the same word as confession. It's the idea that I need to at times in my life admit or acknowledge or confess that God has poured out His blessings in my life. I need to admit and acknowledge and confess that other people have done things that benefit my life. I need to admit and acknowledge and confess that I have a thankful heart. Why? Because again, God realized it would help us to keep life in perspective. So in a year like we're having, in a time like we're having, we ought to be really glad that there is a holiday called Thanksgiving. Because it is a fresh reminder for us that God is at work in our lives. And I have much to be thankful for. And so as I approach this week of Thanksgiving, I want to challenge all of us that we use this week to make a new habit. Not a, not a one-day habit, not a one-week habit, but an all-year-long habit of having thankful hearts towards God. So today, I thought I would take a few minutes and share with you some things that I'm thankful for because you know what? Sometimes, if I'm honest, I tend to find myself among the nine. I want to be the, the one. I want to be the guy who returns to Jesus and says thanks, but sometimes I live over here in the camp of the nine. Let me tell you some things that I'm thankful for. I made a list. I am thankful for God's grace in my life. You know, I uh, God has poured out His grace in my life, and if you knew everything about me, which I don't plan to tell you everything about me, <laughs> you'd wonder why a guy like me would get to do what I get to do. And so, I am thankful. For second chances and third chances and fourth chances and God's grace in my life. I am thankful for God's faithfulness. I know our, our family, like your family, experiences difficult times. And we've had a lot of different valleys that we've walked through in our married life and before I was married. And you know what? Every time I have walked through a valley, God has shown his faithfulness. And I am thankful for that faithfulness. I am thankful that God is big. You know what? I don't want to follow or serve a God that I can figure out. I don't want to follow or serve a God that I can explain everything about. And I am thankful that there are a lot of things about God I simply don't understand. Because you know what? That makes Him big enough to care for the universe and to care for me. I am very, very thankful for an incredible wife. I love my wife with all of my heart. And she is an incredible woman. Believe me, I am not an easy person to deal with on a regular basis. I may seem like the nicest guy in the world up here. Trust me, I can be difficult. And she is incredibly patient and loves me. And I am so thankful for her. I am thankful for two wonderful sons. They're not perfect, but I am so incredibly proud of them. And when I come here to Mariner High School or other places and people talk to me about my sons, I am so encouraged by the things they say. And I want to tell you, say publicly, I love them and I am so proud and honored to be their dad. I am so thankful for the privilege to lead a church like Crosspoint. I've grown up in the church and uh, had a lot of different experiences with the church. And I look around at things that happen in other places And I am so thankful to be part of a church family that loves each other, where it's a healthy environment. I am very privileged to be part of this family. And I thank you for that privilege. I want to say how thankful I am for a great staff that I get the privilege of working with. I love them. I value them. And they are a wonderful bunch of people. And most of them, uh, have all we've all been together since the very beginning of this. And it has been a privilege to get to take this journey together and to grow together and to watch them grow. I watched Brad stand up here just a few minutes ago doing that meditation and thought, wow, man, how far he has come just in his ability to do that thing over these years that we've been together. And to see all of them growing and developing, I am so thankful for them. I am thankful for amazing volunteers here at Cross Point. I don't know if you realize this, I threw this statistic out recently somewhere and somebody was like, "I had no idea." We we recently we kind of keep track of who volunteers where, and so we recently kind of made a list of everybody that volunteers someplace at Cross Point. You know that list totaled almost 150 people. That's an awesome thing, and I am thankful to be among a group of people who love God and love this place and are willing to lay their lives down to serve each other and to serve him and to serve people in our community. And finally, my last thing on my list, not in this order necessarily, but just as I was thinking of things, I, I want to say I'm thankful for my parents. They, I, Who I am today has so much to do with who they are. And uh, they packed up a truck and they're moving to Ohio this week. And we said goodbye to them and we'll miss them. And we're really, really, really happy for them because I know God has great things in store for them. But I want to say I'm very thankful for my parents and what they've done in my life. Now I'm guessing that you could probably give a list too. We don't have time today for you all to publicly give your list, okay? As much as that would be really fun. But what I do want to do is give you a chance to write a thank you or maybe to make your own list. And in your weekly update, there was a thank you card. I want to encourage you to pull that out. And if you didn't get an update or you didn't get a card, there's some guys. And if you'll just raise your hand, they're going to bring you one. Because I'm going to give you some time right now to write a thank you note. And so maybe there's somebody here at Crosspoint. Maybe there's somebody in your family. Whoever it is, I don't care who it is, but I want to encourage you right now to take out a pen, take out that card. And again, the guys will come up and down the aisles a couple of times if you need a pen or another card. Just wave at them and they'll give you one. But I want you right now to take some time to write a thank you. After you write it, if it's for somebody that's here today, why don't you go hand it to them afterwards? If it's not somebody that's here, why don't you go home, put a stamp on it, and mail it to them. And uh, you write a thank you. Be the one who gives thanks. Okay, So as you're doing that, there's a video that's going to play with some Scripture, but I want to encourage you to take these two minutes and write those cards.